Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We are in the midst of a series um, uh, called the, the Bible and Life. And uh, today is going to be a, an interesting sermon about that. Um, the, the subtitle of this sermon is Eat This Book. Eat this book, okay? All right, eat this book. Everybody say, eat this book. <laughs> I'm going to explain that to you in a moment because it probably sounds weird. But basically today what I want to, want to talk about is our approach to the Bible and, and kind of how we approach it, how we look at it. Um, we did, before Father's Day, I didn't really talk on this last week. I talked more on fathering because it was Father's Day last week. And... Uh, uh, but the week before, we talked about how the Bible is, uh, is basically um, something that you could term uh, Jewish meditation literature, okay? And, and, and I would just, I'll just quickly point this out from my last sermon. You'll have to go back to my pod, our podcast to, to have a listen to it if you are interested. But basically, Jewish meditation literature is something that is meant to be read in such a way that we, we basically mutter it quietly to ourselves and, and, and read it over and over again. And, and it's, actually, it's actually meant to be a little bit um, hard to understand. <laughs> like in terms of there are words in there, there are certain terms, there are certain innuendos, there's certain history there, that it is our job to actually go and find out what it's all about in order to learn from it. Okay, and, and the, the thing about the Bible that uh, most uh, people, and I've made them this mistake, is we open it and, you know, we, we think, well, my life is going to change because I've opened my Bible and I've just read one scripture. Um, the, the risk that you take when you do that is you could get more confused. Who's opened the Bible and been more confused about what's going on in the Bible? And you're like, I was just looking for some inspiration and I don't know what's happening now, but, you know, apparently, you know, my children are going to get thrown on rocks. And, you know, it's like, what is going on? Who knows what I'm talking about? You've all done it. I've done it. It's like I was trying to feel good. And God, what are you telling me? What have I done wrong? You know what I'm saying? So we have to understand the Bible is, is understood as a whole. So, so every sentence in the Bible is actually connected to the rest of the Bible. So if you know one sentence, you've got to know the rest of the Bible to understand that one sentence. Do you understand? So it's actually a part of our salvation. It's a part of our walk with Jesus as we begin to follow him. I mean, he saves us, right? When you come to the Lord, when you come to Jesus, um, and, and this is the gospel. The gospel is this. When you come to Jesus, he accepts you as you are if you believe in him. And if you can accept the fact that you need him, that you are done with doing things in your own strength and you're actually going to begin to live life out in his strength, right? When, when you do that, when you come to him, he accepts you. But that is our salvation. The, the second half of our walk with Christ is a very technical word. Who knows what the word is? Sanctification. Everybody say that's a big word. Sanctification. Right? What's sanctification? Well, that is where God begins to change you from the inside out. 
That is where God begins to wash you clean. That is where God begins to, to, to deal with that behavior and that stuff in your world that you've never been over to, able to overcome. He over time begins to deal with it. And how does he deal with it? How does he deal with it? He deals with it with his Holy Spirit, yes. But also, and we mustn't leave this out, the Word. The Spirit of God and the Word together, he begins to change us. Now, here's the, here lies the problem, okay? This is what I'm going to be talking about today, and it connects to my last sermon, is a lot of the time we approach the Bible as something different than what God actually intended it for. So we miss actually what's going on in the Bible. The Bible is there to change us. Okay? It's there to change us. It's there to actually turn you into what God had intended for you from the beginning of time. And it's all written there in the Word. Our approach is to the Bible... It's got to be to allow it to actually get down into the depths of our soul. But who knows this? That takes a little while. And that actually takes a little bit of work. Here's the cool thing about God. God did not create us to be robots. Isn't that great? But you know, some of us act like robots. I know I do at times. I'd prefer to have no choice, to just kind of follow and do what I'm told and just like automatically put my hand to that which I need to put my hand to and not put my hand to things that I, that I, that I need not to put my hand to. And I would, it would be much easier if life was like that. But God has made you into a being with a choice. Okay? And He wants you to choose Him all the time. Even in salvation, as we're saved, we've got to choose Him. And reading our Bible is actually a part of choosing Him and choosing the sanctification that He has for us. Choosing the saving that He has for us. And our approach to the Bible has to be with that in mind. We have to let the Bible form us. We have to let the Bible form us. And my question this morning that I want you to go away with to think about this week is do we approach the Bible with the heart or with the want for it to form us? Or do we approach the Bible with an agenda? Do you understand? With an agenda. We need something from it. We need something. When God is actually trying to do something through it. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. You know, our approach to the Bible needs to be like this. Our, our, our approach needs to be... Have you ever seen a dog with a bone? I mean, what does a dog do with a bone? That dog, I mean, if it's a, if it's a sizable bone, hands up, you've got a dog, okay? All right, you've got a... Now you, that's where you see your dog is an animal, right? Sometimes us humans, we forget our dogs are, human, uh, are not human. And that's where you see your dog is an animal because you try to take that bone from him if he's really enjoying it. You even put your hand in he's going to go... Ugh. Even as a really, really cute little dog, you know, sort of lap dog, he's going to be an animal at that moment because that's his bone. Right? That's his bone. 
and he's chewing on it. And he's not gonna, he's not, he's gonna, he's gonna be like giving off little growls. He's gonna be really enjoying it. It's like, mmm, this is such a good bone. And it's like, I'm just having such a great time right now. And he'll be on that bone all day. And then, uh, you know, he's, he gets bored with it. So he goes and it's like, I'm really enjoying this bone. So he goes and hides it somewhere in your house, you know, in the corner somewhere. And like your, your mate is like, or you know, the people are like, uh, there's a bone. You're like, no, just leave that for the dog because it's the dog's bone, right? And the next day he comes back, the little bone's like, ah, 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 hmm. This is, you know, that's how we have to actually be with the Bible. <laughs> that's how we actually have to be. That's how it actually is needed to be approached. Like a dog with a bone. It's getting down into us. We're, 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 we're salivating. We're, we're waiting for that thing to, we're just enjoying it. That's how our approach to the Bible has to be. But we have to understand this, that the Bible is God's primary tool to form us. In John 16, verse 13, it says this, if you want to put it up, it says that, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. When the spirit of truth comes, the spirit of truth, he is going to guide us in what? just truth. What is that truth? The truth is the Word of God. The truth is the Bible. Um, I've heard people say, oh, you know, no, no, when the Spirit of truth comes, He's just going to lead me in whatever comes to my mind, you know. Well, then why has God given us the Bible? Why, why, why is it that, that people have died to bring this to us? You know, did, did you, I, I don't know if you know this, but there is blood all over this book. There are currently, there's still a people that have, um, that are dying in order to take this book into countries where it's banned. Why, why would someone do that? They're not going in trying to blow themselves up. They're not going in trying to do, you know, commit acts of, they're just trying to take a book in. What is it about this book that would cause a person to do that? I'll tell you what it is. There's truth in here. There's truth. And when we give our hearts to the Lord, when we come to Him, He starts to guide us in truth. And how does He guide us in truth? With the Word of God. That's why we've got to be reading it. But there's a few mistakes that we can make, and I'm going to take you through them. And as I take you through these mistakes, I want you to know something. Ryan Waters has made every one of these mistakes. And actually, they're not, all, they're not bad things. They're actually not bad. They're good. They're good. But, but, but it's our approach. There's, there's, if, if it's slightly off, it can, it can cause a problem. First, first way that we can um, approach the Bible that would be a mistake is the intellectual way. The intellectual way. What, what, what is an intellectual person? Uh, uh, but but, but, but uh, the Bible may be something that a person finds fascinating. And they're just so interested in it because it's got all this amazing uh, narrative and it's got this amazing story and it's got this uh, amazing metaphors and there's all these amazing things. And I'm just so interested in the Bible intellectually, right? So we approach it like that. We look in to the challenges of the Bible. That's one way that you can approach the Bible. Another way is the practical bent. You have a practical bent. You've got a need that needs solving, right? You, you've got some needs and you're hoping that the Bible will solve them for you, right? But as I said, it's not such a bad thing. It's actually not a bad thing at all. But it, it's, I'll explain it. But, but a person with a practical bent, well, they, they, want their, they want to be able to live well, right? They want to be able to live well. They want their, their children to live well. 
They want their neighbors to live well. These are good people. As I said, I've approached the Bible like this. Then the third person is the, the person who's on the inspirational bent. They just need some inspiration. Right? They need some inspiration. They love, they love beautiful, inspiring passages that they can put on their Pinterest page and pin it up and make it in nice fonts with flowers. And Basically, the Bible has been boiled down to inspirational stuff to help us through life. And that's not bad, but the, there is some stuff in the Bible that does not help you get to sleep. Okay? It will keep you up when you read it. You'll be like, what is that about? And there is also stuff in the Bible that is not inspirational. You know, Joash begot Nahum, and Nahum begot Nephilim, and then did blah, 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 blah. You're like, what am I reading, man? What is this? Right? So what do we do with that? Hmm. See, the danger, here's the danger of all of these approaches, the intellectual bent, the practical bent, the inspirational bent, these three approaches. What is the danger? Well, the danger is this. These approaches can all actually leave out God. They're more about what you need from the Bible than about what God is trying to get to you. You understand? There's a big difference. Let me read something to you. It's from a guy called Eugene Peterson who, um, who wrote... Uh, anybody heard of the message version of the Bible? It's a great version of the Bible. It's kind of like a... It's more of a paraphrased version. But he wrote this. He said this, It is possible to read the Bible in a number of different angles and for various purposes without dealing with God as God has revealed Himself. Okay? So we can look at the Bible in different angles for various purposes without dealing with God as God has revealed Himself. Without setting ourselves under the authority of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, who is present in everything we are and do. To put it bluntly, okay? He puts it bluntly, not me. I, I didn't say this, but he said it. Not everyone who gets interested in the Bible and even gets excited about the Bible wants to get involved with God. Because, I'll tell you why, when you actually begin to get to know God, like C.S. Lewis puts it, he is an untamable lion. It's scary. And, 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 and it's like, we can't control him. We don't get to choose, pick and choose what, what makes us feel good according to our wants. Did, did you know that society has conditioned you to think it's your wants that get you what you need? I mean, from, a, from, a, from an early age, from a really early age, you, you were conditioned, you know, when you're hungry. I want, I want, I want, and who comes? Mummy or daddy comes and puts a, you know, some stuff on them, puts it in your mouth, you go, oh, I don't want anything anymore. And, and, and we, 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 we go through life, I need, I want, I want, I want, and someone comes over and helps us and gives us what I want. So we grow up thinking, okay, it's my wants that get me what I need. But then we come to the Bible, we come to God, and He's like, 
not your wants that get you what, what you need. It's what I've created for you. <laughs> and you know what? The thing is, it's all revealed in the Bible. It's actually all revealed in the Bible. But, but, but we miss it. It's, oh, you know, I just need some inspiration from today. Yeah, that's, that's good. You, you may get some, you may not. Depends on where you fall in the Bible. Okay? Oh, you know, I'm just so interested in the Bible. You know, it's a very interesting book amongst all of the other literature of the world. I'm just finding this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is interesting, but that's not why God wrote it. That's not why it's there. Oh, you know, I, 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 just, I just want to be able to live well. I want to do the right thing, you know, so I've got to read the Bible and I'm going to do the right thing. Yes. But there is a story that goes throughout the Bible that when you begin to see it, you begin to see yourself in the story. And this is the scary thing. When you begin to know the Bible, when you actually begin to approach the Bible from this point of view, that what is God actually trying to get to me here? What is it that I need to submit to? What is it that I need to kind of understand in all of this? You begin to see yourself in the stories. You begin to see yourself in the sins of David. You begin to see yourself in the mistakes of the prophets. You begin to see yourself in, 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 the, in the... Everybody says that Solomon was wise. Well, he was in the beginning. But in the end, he was quite foolish. And we begin to see ourselves in the foolishness of Solomon. And we begin to see ourselves in, that, in this narrative. And we're like, that's me. And what, when we get in that place, actually, you know what happens? It begins to happen. God begins to form us. Because we begin to realize that our humanness is in the Bible and that God is sovereign. The whole narrative of the Bible is that humans are human and God is sovereign. That's the narrative. That's the story. But I challenge you, if you haven't seen that in the Bible yet, if it's all just a bunch of disconnected stuff, I challenge you to get to know the Bible as it actually is meant to be written and read. And that is, as a, as a story of the whole, every sentence is connected to every other sentence. It's all connected. And it's all connected for you to understand God and what He has for you. I think it's so sad that it's kind of been boiled down a lot of the time I think most of the time it's like, oh, I've, got to know, I've got to read the Bible every day, you know, because that's just what you do. Well, yeah, you, you would have to read it every day for the rest of your life in order for you to understand it and get to know what God is actually trying to speak to you and how He wants to form you through it. But if your approach is just because it's what you do, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. The approach needs to be, God, how are you trying to form me through this? What are you trying to say to me? What is it that you are speaking? Or where, where is it that I need to submit to you? You know, the, the, the two approaches that we can have in all of these different ways that we approach the Bible, the first one would be to approach the Bible for our own purposes. And the second approach which is the right approach, is to approach it to understand God's purposes for us. And 
they are not even in the same playing field. When we approach the Bible, and I, I'm not here to make you feel bad to, because you've been <laughs> approaching the Bible, like, oh man, he's talking to me. I, every time I read the Bible, I just need something. That's good. That's all good. I, I'm not here to say that that's not how I've done it. But you need to understand there is something of God's purpose for you. When you spoke, when God spoke, before He spoke the world into existence, He already had a plan for you. And it was a plan of holiness, it was a plan of righteousness, it was a plan of completion, it was a plan of blessing, it was a plan of everything that God represents, the whole story for you. It takes a lifetime for us to get to this place, but it all starts when we begin to understand the Bible. In Revelation chapter 10, I'm just going to show you this crazy story. Who, who's read the book of Revelation and who is totally confused by it? What am I reading? This looks like a Marvel superheroes kind of on steroids, you know. <laughs> well, Revelation is, is a poem and it's also some prophetic literature. Okay, it's talking about the end times. It's talking about the and so so so. There's this guy called John, who's the guy who wrote this book. Okay, and uh, he has this crazy dream, and in the dream, there's an angel, right? And the angel's holding a book. Now that book, what's the book? So it's the book of truth. Well, it's the Bible. So so John's like, well, the voice. Let's read this. The voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who was standing on the sea and on the land. It was a big angel. So I went to the little angel and asked him to give me the scroll. He said to me, take it and eat it. So just to, to give you a bit of a pre-story to this story. The angel had begun to read from the scroll. And John, being a good boy, give me a chair. You know, this is what you do in church. I mean, he's like, wow, this, this, this angel, he's, he's preaching. I got I to take some of this down. I got to hear this sermon. So he starts, hey, just hold on. What did you say? Okay. And the angel said, no, no, hold up a sec. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Come here, little John. Take the scroll. I take the scroll. Eat it. Huh? No, no, I, I, I just want to hear the sermon. I just want to get the inspirational talk, you know. I just, want to get, I, just want to get, I just want to feel better than I feel right now. I just need some strength to get through my day. Uh, you know, I just, need, I just need some stuff right now because you don't know my story. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know who I am. You know, all of this sort of stuff that we bring to God. And the angel's like, no, that's not how it works. You gotta eat it. You gotta eat this book. And at first, he says, at first, you take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour. Oh, what? Huh? But it'll taste like honey. <laughs> you know, the Bible, in other words, what it's saying is it's gonna be hard to digest. Right? Who's eating really, really spicy food? 
and at about 3 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> you wake up and you're like, man, I really did eat some spicy food. Okay? Who knows what I'm talking about, right? And the older I get, the worse it becomes. I don't know what it is with getting... I'm not that old, but I'm telling you, I, it's, uh, it's getting... Uh, I have to take a little tablet just make sure I don't wake up in the night because... because uh, it's hard to digest. And the Bible's like that. You, you're going to come to a point where you're like, this is hard to digest. This is, this is making my stomach turn sour. And you know the sad thing is? is uh, That's the moment when a lot of people kind of just... Yes, Pastor, I've been reading my Bible. We just pretend like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. No, you don't. <laughs> Because it's turned your stomach sour. You don't know how. You don't know how to. You don't know how to get this. You're like, ah. Oh, I, I mean, I tried. But listen, listen to me. The moment this starts to disturb you is the moment the gospel can come. That is the turning point. The moment you begin to see that God is way bigger than anything you've ever imagined. The moment you begin to see that you are a sinner and that you're so separate from God and that no matter how much you try, you just can't seem to make the connection. The moment you read that Bible and you've just shouted at your wife and you read James and James says, I'll paraphrase it, don't shout at your wife, you donkey. <laughs> Ryan's paraphrased version. And you're like, oh, my stomach, oh, I can't take this. <laughs> when we approach it like that, I mean, listen to me, that is amazing. That is the moment where you're like, God, God, you're trying to form me. You're trying to make me whole. You're trying to rescue me from my own ways. And the way you're doing it is through this. And we come back to this thought of this meditation literature. And we meditate on it. We let it form us. We let it change us. And the Spirit of God is there, present, with us in those moments, massaging it into our souls, helping us to understand how to do it, giving us the strength for today, and setting us up for tomorrow. And He's right there in those moments and, 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 and you know sometimes these moments don't even feel like they're that spiritual you know they don't feel like that inspirational they don't can I just tell you something there's a lot of people out there that are selling a lie that you can live life like on this cloud because you do something that's not how it works come on let's be real none of the Bible is like that there is no one living in a, in a cave on a cloud you know, because there's none of that. It's real people living real life in victory because they've got Christ. You've got to understand this. That's what I love about the Bible. It's what I love about being a follower of Christ is the fact that I can be a human. And Christ is yet still with me because He loves me. And it's not based on my behavior, but because of His rescuing act of the cross and 
I can come to Him every time I realize that my stomach has turned sour, that I've bought something upon myself, that I've sinned, that I've I've done something that separates myself from Him. Or when I've read the Bible, I'm convicted by it, and I'm feeling like, God, I need you. He's like, well, come. Well, come. That's the moment. That's the magic source. And that's the approach to the Bible that we must have over our lifetime. You can have your Pinterest, Instagram, you know, Scripture thing. That's all good. Go for it. That is like, that's like, a, that's like a, a pebble dropping in the ocean compared to what God wants to do for you. He doesn't want you to just get through. He wants you to live in victory. He wants, he, he's gonna, he, when, you, when, when, when you get to heaven one day, He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You overcame. Overcomer. And He's building a fight into you. <laughs> Man, someone needs to hear this. God is building a fight into you. He is building something into you. It's, it's like a, there is something going on in some of you guys. I'm just, I'm just going to speak for a moment prophetically. There is something going on in some of you where you're like, I don't understand the fight that I'm in. I don't understand the battle I'm in. Let me tell you something. God is forming something in you. There is a fight that's in you, and it is the fight that when the real fight comes, you think this is the fight, this is not the fight. When the real fight comes, when the real battles come, you're going to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you're not going to speak out of your own strength anymore. You're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I tell this mountain to move, and it will move. Come on, let's clap. Let's give God a lot of big hands. I don't know who that was for, but you needed to hear it. You're trying to do stuff in your own strength. You're trying to approach the Bible in your own strength. You're trying to do everything in your own strength. Just relax. Relax. Set it all down. In His strength. When you pick up the Bible today or tomorrow, whatever, let your prayer be, be, God, what are you trying to say to me? How are you trying to form me? How are you trying to shape me through this? And don't be afraid, you know, when, when, when you, you pray that prayer and it's like, I still don't understand. It's going to take a long time. It takes a long time. It's meant to be like that because, have, I mean, I said this on my last sermon. Have you ever watched a fruit tree grow fruit? I mean... It's really boring. <laughs> uh, it takes a long time. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you get that. Who wants an avocado tree? We want an avocado tree. We love avocados. You can't buy avocados. It's so expensive. Blah blah blah. Okay, it's just like the singing story in my in my home. We love avocados, but they're so expensive here. Five hundred bucks for two. Anybody? First million dollars. Start an avocado business. There it is. That's for free. Okay. Nature's basket. Anyway, whatever. So. You know, I'm going to grow an avocado tree. But I think about, first I've got to dry that seed and then I plant it. It's going to take five years until I know if that, that fruit tree actually is even going to produce fruit. Do you understand? It takes a long time for fruit to grow. And what I'm trying to say for you is what God has for you is incredible. But do not approach God with a quick fix mentality. That is a lie. And I think it is the problem with modern life today 
is, is we've been conditioned into thinking that everything's just a quick fix. It's not. There is no tablet to help you get out of your current situation. I'm sorry. But there is God who wants to help you. Day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take medication if you need help. I'm not saying that. Okay? But even a doctor will tell you, your medication is not going to help you one day. You've got to take it every day. Every day. And over time, you'll be suddenly aware of the fact that you have changed, that you are different, that you are seeing life in a different way, that you are approaching circumstances completely different. You are doing things that you've never thought you'd ever do before. You are changed from the inside out, and it has created this new person. That's the promise that is there for you. But it's fruit. It takes time. You know, I think some believers, they just want to pull themselves out of the pot or out of the ground just to see if there's anything happening downstairs in the, in the root department, you know. Is there anything happening? And they kill themselves in the process, you know. <laughs> you got to trust God. He's got you. 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 So, okay. Three things. Approach the Bible as God's forming tool. Second thing. Approach the Bible not with your wants, but with God's want, God's wants and designs that He has for you. Approach the Bible not with your wants, but with God's wants and designs for you. And thirdly, I want you to hear this. The Bible is a relational book. This is not a book to be read without a relationship with God, without a relationship with Jesus, without a relationship with Him, to understand who He is, what He's about, and the fact that He is, every time you open it, present, with you in the form of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that He writes the law upon our hearts. And, and, and I, the Bible is how He reveals it to us. And, you know, like, well, how come it doesn't happen straight away? Well, it would kill you. No one would know who you are anymore. You'd just change all overnight. Like, could you imagine? All of the stuff in the Bible, all the stuff God's trying to form in you, suddenly your, your wife wouldn't know you. You know, you, you, you know your, 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 your employer, employees or employer or whatever, they would be like, who is this person? And, you know, it takes time. He's going to form you. It takes time. It takes time. But it's a relationship. You've got to understand this about God. It's all relational. It's not you on a spiritual quest, trying to find meaning in yourself. That's not how it is. That is called narcissism. Okay? You know, narcissus, he was looking at a mirror. The, the water, he's looking at himself, looking at himself. He eventually turned into a flower that looks into water. You know the old Greek mythology story, right? Constantly looking in yourself for answers will end up with you just constantly looking in yourself for answers. I'm sorry, that's all there is to it. <laughs> I've looked into myself, I don't see much. I see a belly button 
and I see a guy who just keeps on messing up. But when I look into this, I see God saying, come Ryan, I'm going to take you on a journey. A relational journey. It's you and me. I got you through this. I'm going to walk you in it. I'm going to make you whole. I'm going to help you to live out the promise that I have for you. The reason why I died on the cross for you. It's what he does. It's a relational book. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.